Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everyone, it is Rachel from AdventureInChaos.com, also known as the Unfiltered Christian Woman. And for now, we are studying She's Still There, Rescuing the Girl in You by Crystal Evans Hurst. There is a foreword in there by Priscilla Shire. You may know her best from um, the prayer room, or the war room, I'm sorry, war room. Fantastic book, fantastic movie. I can't say enough about it. So She's Still There is a book that was recently released, and I'm actually doing an online study um, on Facebook with it. And I will say I'm not affiliated with the book in any way, shape, or form. I'm just a woman wanting to walk with Christ and, you know, teach others about Christ and learn about Christ myself and, you know, try to live a more godly life. I think we all want have aspects in our lives that we're trying to improve upon, and I believe with these Bible studies, you absolutely can do that. Now, we'll say this one, as I continue reading, this one's a bit of a doozy, because this one makes you really look in the mirror and look at yourself and really evaluate yourself, and even some of the tasks. The first one um, from Chapter 1, having to look in the mirror and basically write down three positive things that I see about myself. I don't have a very high self-esteem. And I just, I never have. It's its okay. I accept it. Um, but something like that is very, very hard. And I wound up having to, you know, ask my husband. And even my husband, you know, was really super supportive and was saying that I kind of needed to do this myself. I need to be able to say something positive about myself. And I guess in this instance, no matter how ridiculous I feel, it's something that needs to be done. And now chapter two was a full-blown ugly cry, and it kind of just goes over the last time you had a complete and total meltdown and you just let all of your emotions out. One of the things that popped out to me was on one of the first pages of chapter two, and it said, hard has an interesting way of finding me. And that is so accurate that it's ridiculous. And I'm sure many of you have felt the same way. Hard is all some of us really know how to do. It's as hard as it has an interesting way of finding me. As a result, I've gotten good at pushing through things in my life. I logically think through what I can do to fix it, make it better, or rise above the storm. But that doesn't mean I don't still feel the pressure. That is such a true statement. Because I actually do consider myself a strong woman. (laughs) I am woman, hear me roar. 
And yet I can still feel the pressure. I know that I'm going to live and fight another day. I know that when I'm stumbling, it may seem like I'll never leave that negative space, that really downward spiral that happens to be going on in my life. It feels like I'll never leave it. And yet I'm still waking up that next day, which means at some point that storm is going to be over. And um, the pastor from the church that I uh, go to in New Mexico, Sagebrush, would say that you're either going into a storm, going through a storm, or just coming out of one. Every single one of us are in one of those three stages, either just coming out of one, about to go in one, or already going through one. And yeah, hard does have an interesting way of finding me. And in this chapter, it talks about when she actually reached out to another person to just kind of unload, almost kind of unburden herself. Um, and one of the one of the sentences here that actually stood out to me was she listened. I don't want someone to fix me. I just want them to offer hope. Or she just offered hope. And that's absolutely correct. I've been to um, women's Bible group studies where, you know, someone will just be talking about a hard time that they're going through. And, you know, you actually will see women trying to fix it, right? We as women, we try to fix things. They're trying to fix it or they're trying to help her justify why she feels that way. Or in some instances, we've created this mob-like mentality and whomever she happens to be discussing in the story is automatically a villain without realizing that in a moment where you are so at the bottom and you just feel so completely torn down, you're not trying to villainize anybody. You're just trying to get it out, say it, because if you can get it off your chest, then you can move on from it. You know, I am part of a few moms groups on Facebook, Christian and non-Christian alike, and sometimes it's a little baffling how some women will completely unburden in these groups just looking for some type of help or support and right away it turns into this spouse bashing or family member bashing type situation and truth is is some of them just need to vent i could give you a single snapshot of a single day of a single hour of a single second of my life and yeah maybe it's a bad moment But does that mean that all the moments are bad? I don't make good decisions all the time. So if I make a bad decision, does that mean I'm an awful person or an awful spouse? No, not necessarily. And I'm not trying to excuse those spouses that really do kind of need to get their shit together. But to go into a group, and this is for us ladies, right? We know how mean we can be to each other. To go into a group with anonymous keyboard warriors and anonymous people that don't actually know our backstories or anything about us, are we looking for people to rally against someone or are we looking to unburden? And why for a second would we believe that people that we don't actually know have our best interest at heart? That's something that I do wish some girls, some women, yeah, mostly women, would take into account. I mean, you know, there's always the uh, the argument between the stay-at-home mom having to do everything and the husband not wanting to help and having to understand both sides or, or you know, working all day and the dad that's been working all day and, and there's a clash when they get at home. 
And if you'd realize that if you just talk to each other and talk it out, you could actually figure it out. A, a Facebook chat isn't going to help you with your relationship. In fact, it goes back to that mob mentality where you'll find plenty of people to justify how you are feeling, but they're going to want to fix it or they're going to want to add to the drama. I mean, as Christians, we're not exactly perfect, right? How many times have you sat in a circle and you know that people just want the drama, they want the dirty details, right? They want to poke their ear in and then they want to try to fix it or talk down to you for something. I was in a temporary group at Sagebrush and I had been talking about how I tend to take on more than I can chew, and I do. And sometimes I complain about it. And I also know that I'm at fault because I signed myself up and I stretched myself in. And I was cooking for this men's group, and I was a PTA member, and I was a team mom for football, and I was teaching tennis for my kids, and I was a den mother for my kids' Cub Scout pack, and all these other things, and it was just becoming too much. And honestly, I had only been cooking for the men's group for about two or three weeks at the time. And it was right at the beginning of school. So you get to throw that in the mix, and I'm a mother of four two kids in school, two infants at the time. Now I'm probably about a, a newborn and he's probably about six months old. No, he was a couple months old. And then the toddler was had just turned two. So <laughs> you can imagine my stresses, but I did feel like it was something that God had sent me to do, was to cook for this men's group. And one of the ladies began laughing at me and saying, well, maybe you have no place cooking for them. Maybe you have no place doing this, that, or the other thing. And that's not really something I wanted to hear. I don't want to hear that I can't do it. I don't want to hear that I'm not going to make it. None of you want to hear that either. And I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can make it through. And sometimes we just want to unburden ourselves. We just want someone to listen. And we want someone to offer us hope. Pray for us or give us a pat on the back and saying you're doing the best you can or just saying, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. You're going to be fine. Or if you are the person listening and you are so bent on helping, don't try to fix it. What can you do to help? Can you step up and say, okay, well, you know what? How about next week I come over and help you make dinner for this men's group? Or what can you do? Because there's always something we can all do. But if we can't actually do anything, we can offer hope to one another. And I think that offering hope to women in general or anybody in general is going to be really important, especially when it comes to rescuing the girl in us. Because let's face it, the girl that we thought we were going to be is still down there. And she is just reaching out the hand and hoping that we ourselves will reach down and grab her. But she's also hoping that somebody else is just listening. That's all we ever really want, is to be heard and to be listened to. one part of the book, it says, you may not want to embrace where you are, but it is so incredibly important for you to embrace who you are. 
And that, that one kind of smacks you in the face. I know it kind of does for me. Simply because, again, when you are in your darkest moments, and that was another point of this chapter, it says your darkest moments are only moments in time. They will lighten up. You will get past them. And it's so hard to embrace who you are because you almost feel like who I am is the reason that I am where I am without realizing that who you are is a blessing, that you are an absolute masterpiece. God himself created you just the way you are, and he loves you just the way you are. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, and he did it for you. And he made you just the way you are. The place we are at right now, no matter how low it is, can get better. And I do think it is going to start with us embracing ourselves, embracing who we are, who we are on the inside. And who who we say we are and who we feel we are, not what the outside world tells us we are, not what someone down the street tells us we are. We are not some negative comment that somebody would make. We are not what the media tells us to be. You know your truth. And you know your strengths. So it comes back down to remember for chapter two, where you are today is not where you have to be forever. And it starts with just acknowledging and embracing who you are and deciding where you want to go. Where there's a will, there's a way. You'll either find a way or you'll find an excuse. There's absolutely no in-between when it comes to this one. I kind of look back at the fact that my husband and family, a family of six, had decided to take off and live this nomadic lifestyle for the next year and were traveling. And yet while we were in New Mexico, there were many times that we were absolutely struggling to make ends meet. And so people wondered, well, how did you do it? Well, we found a way. We slashed our bills as much as we could. We were taking on extra jobs, little things here and there, just to kind of make those ends meet, to bring in extra so that we could actually pay for rentals ahead of time, so that we could have a little bit of cushion. And we don't have a lot. We're not a rich family. We do our best, but we also tend to stretch every last penny out of our dollar. We can make those scream but we wanted a change and we made it happen. And yet, even though we have made that happen, I still find myself in moments of wondering, did I actually make the right choice? What the hell am I actually doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of, um, which is kind of how life is, I guess. It goes down to reflect. When was the last time you let out an ugly cry and what caused it? And I was sitting there trying to think, I'm actually a big crybaby. But when was the last time I actually may had a big, ugly cry? And it was when I had to place my dog in the hands of somebody else trying to figure out what was wrong with her. She had had a stroke and she was a French bulldog and 
um, took her into a vet who actually said, I've never seen one of these before. <laughs> right away, you know, oh, well, this is going to be fantastic, right? He had no idea what was wrong with her. He knew that she was walking in circles. He wanted to know if she had a stroke. Right away, just walking into that doctor's office cost me about $550, $600. And then, um, you know, he wanted to do an MRI, which would have been about $3,000 in that area, plus a four-hour car trip to the one place that actually did it in New Mexico. And I, I couldn't afford it, you know. It wasn't something that I could afford. And so on my anniversary, my husband drove me seven hours to meet up with my dad and stepmom. And um, they have a vet that does work with tons and tons of French bulldogs. And this was her only chance. I felt like I needed to give her the chance that she could. I didn't want to just put her down because what if she could get better? You know, the, the what ifs of life. And I cried all the way there and I cried all the way home and I cried in the restaurant and you know even though this is my dad you know he's got his baby girl that is 30 years old that is buckling at her knees and almost throwing a tantrum in the middle of the parking lot and they kind of just had to let it happen and it was so devastating they had run test after test. Um, they found the lady that actually has the income to be able to keep up with the tests, and they found she had some type, some type of rare illness that she had contracted or something, and she's never going to be where she was, and she gets really irritable with the kids, and she's probably only got about six months left, but she found herself and her she found her old bitchy self in an old bitty's house and you know they're perfect together but that was the last time that I had a cry what difficulties are you facing that you feel buried beneath I kind of struggled with whether or not I actually wanted to talk about this one live because this one is a little bit of an exclusive right I feel burdened by the fact that I do feel like I am working to the bone. I'm a freelancer, so I am up and working, you know, by 10 a.m. I'm working, and I'm up often till 2, 3, or 4 a.m., go to sleep and get back up at 10. And truth is, is I would do that when we were at home anyway. The difference was, is I was waking up at 7 o'clock to make breakfast for the kids and move on. Um, the kids do still have works or school themselves, so I'm overseeing their working uh, you know, my husband does help out with the baby who still wakes up at night and demands something to drink. So he does take care of that. You know, he's in school for the ministry and I don't want to actually put any pressure on him. But I absolutely feel like I'm drowning because I feel like I'm the one handling the day-to-day -day planning. And I'm the one handling the day-to-day -day finances and the continuing planning. Because we're not, we haven't rented places for the next year you know, it was only two weeks ago that we finally found a new place to go after Maine. And before that, we had no idea what we were going to do if we couldn't find a place that we could afford. So now we need to stretch beyond New York and Massachusetts and go somewhere else. So I'm feeling completely overwhelmed. I need a breather. And I can honestly say, and I'm very close with my husband, I haven't been able to really talk to him about it. 
I mean, <laughs> you don't want to burden him, right? And I know he's he's trying to look for a different job, and but things are tight out there. They're not as easy as we would like. And since we are on the move, you know, that kind of limits to only at home and telecommute businesses. And it's it's tough. But then it asks, what's the one thing in your life that's right? And I do absolutely think that my faith is right. Is there a place for improvement? Yes, there is. But sometimes even though I am frustrated and I'm writing in my prayer book, okay, God, I know that it's your time, everything on your time, but could you speed it up, please? And I know how arrogant that sounds, right? (laughs) To ask God, the creator of heaven and earth and all things in between, you know, to speed up his timeline, but he always looks out for us. Otherwise, like I said, we didn't have a new place up until a couple weeks ago, and now we do. And I know it was because we were faithful and we waited. I'd also say that my family is right right now, too. We have some struggles going on. You know, my twins are 11, so they've got those preteen attitudes starting and I've got the two younger kids that are toddlers and they are into everything and the constant on the go has its difficulties but at the end of the day we are a family and you can still see us smiling and you know it can be a big nasty storm outside but we are still together 110% and we still support each other 110% we'll always you know, stand a united front. Even if I don't agree with something one of them does, or if my husband even and I have a disagreement, we still support each other. You know what I'm saying? So the readings, the Bible verses that I'd like you to study tonight are 1 Timothy 6, 12, Psalms 35, uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. First uh, Peter chapter 1, 6 through 7. Lamentations chapter 3, 21 through 24. Psalms 34, or I'm sorry, chapter 34, 17 through 18. And Psalms 40, chapter 1 through 3. And just like last time, it asks you to pick out a verse that really sticks out to you. And for me, this one was 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. We are all here together to fight the good fight. We want to be better people. We want to better our relationship with the Lord. And we can absolutely do that. And I'm so thankful for my fellow sisters in Christ that walk with me. That anytime you ever feel like calling in and, you know, providing a good word or even telling us your story, you are more than welcome to the information's on the screen right there. But if we could just take a moment and let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for bringing us all together in fellowship as we continue to study She's still there rescuing the girl and us and you. We are always trying to rescue that inner part of us 
we aren't all exactly where we thought we would be. And yet, if we really look around, life is not that bad. You created such an amazing world and such an amazing life. And we are a masterpiece. And we are able to be a masterpiece and also work in, work of, work in progress as well. It is with your love and your grace that we'll better ourselves and find our path. Please bless us in showing us the path that you have laid out for us. Please help us, and we know that it's only in your time, Heavenly Father, but please bless us with knowing the path that you'd like us to take, perhaps helping us to find the answers that we so seek within ourselves. Tonight, I'd also like to continue to pray for those affected by the atrocities of weather, the hurricanes and fires and tsunamis and earthquakes. There's so many broken hearts, and I continue to pray that somehow they are able to reach out to you so that they can begin to mend and heal, Lord. There's so much hate in this world, and we all just want a little rescuing boys and girls alike, everyone in between. We all need to be a little rescued. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you would like to follow along with my family, once again, our blog is adventureinchaos.com. That's adventure, I-N, not just in, <laughs> I-N chaos.com. We're on Facebook. I have our own blog. And for the Bible study portion, you can check out that blog at Blessings in Chaos. And we are going to continue this chapter 3. We will touch on chapter 3 on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. See you then, ladies. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.